What's going on, guys? And welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're entering the Fight Club. I got my bottle of champagne. I got my bowl packed. And before we talk this episode, do us a favor and go down and like this episode and do yourself a favor, subscribe to the channel. But now that that's out of the way, let's talk our shit. I'm Paul, pick a win, I'm Concha, and let me get this smoking started. Oh, see, look, you got to catch up, man. I'm packing my next one, you feel me? And it's your boy, Kev. Water boy, Savoy, a.k.a. the Dom P.Y.E., a.k.a. that motherfucker on the screen, you feel me? And we talking UFC fight. Ah! That's all you got to say, because every 10 seconds, I felt like I was going, ah! Because there was some crazy shit going down in this card. I feel like even the quote-unquote boring fights were fucking action-packed, filled with filled with back-and-forth combinations. And, like, even the most boring fight ended with a TKO. So, like, this is the motherfucker that keeps saying MMA be boring. Yeah, we had eight finishes, bro. That's a, like, that's a good night of business right there. I just, yeah. need, I just need whoever be saying MMA is boring. Just, just deal. go in a go dig up a hole. I need you to dig up a big hole, very deep, very deep, very deep, right? Go over there and just call me, and I'll fill it with concrete. You feel me? Because like, we don't give a fuck about y'all no more. There's gonna be some some shit happen, man. But Paul, I cut you off. My bad. At eight finishes, good business. Eight finishes, three submissions, which you don't really see often on all in the same night. So. Those okay. boys weren't just knocking motherfuckers out, but they also putting them to sleep with the old sleeper holds. It was it was really supposed to be four, but one of the but what's it called? Um, brother fought Shane Burgos, Jordan. He, he ain't going for that. He ain't tapping for that. He must he must he must watch a lot of Gracie footage. No, nah, bro. But honestly, I didn't even realize there was this many finishes until now. Like I'm looking at the card in front of me, and I just counted it out in my head. I was like, oh wow, they really did finish. I don't remember a lot of judges in this fight. Hey. What's the, what do they say, man? Don't let it go to the judges because the judges will make you cry every time. Every my time. Fuck that. My boy said, no tears from me. Well, shit, I got, um. let me see. I know, I guess we'll start with this fight here in the prelims. We'll work our way up out of the prelims. Let's talk about, we're only going to go through this one fast, but that boy Bill Algeo getting the knockout on Herbert Burns. Then Gilbert Burns just has him like uh carrying him like a baby out of the cage into the like someone took a picture and that shit made it around the uh, mma world MMA knocked out mma twitter has to be undefeated just for because i didn't see a single clip from that fight or hear anybody say anything about the fight itself i didn't even, couldn't even tell you how he knocked bro out when i saw that picture of that boy getting carried around the motherfucker you know carried out the ring i was like look at gil what a good brother that's a Jasmine was carrying me like that on Saturday after Ortega blew his shoulder out, bro. I couldn't take it. I, I was broke. I was I was done. I can't wait to break. We're gonna talk more on that one out there later, but like boy, that was tragic. I appreciate it because I low key was getting close to falling asleep. So like we're gonna get on we're gonna get into that more. But tell me about tell me about um the Burns brothers, like. Is this one of those another situations where it's just like one person just really versed the fighting? It just it just caught one person just caught it, and that's more natural than the other. Yeah, I would say like I mean, one is also the ADCC like gold champion. Like we knew Gilbert Burns was like you you knew before coming to MMA like Gilbert Burns had a high level fight. Herbert Burns is 
he's good. It just always it always happens. There's always one really great. It's hard. It's hard to have one really great UFC fighter in the family. I have none, but it's, to have two to even make it to the UFC, that alone, like you, were, you, you did something. I respect it. Uzma's brother's working on that right now in the Ultimate Fighter. We'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see. And uh, I mean, not even eleven and four. It was eleven and three going into it. Um, Bill Agia, though, he like he's one of those. I know he's American, but I think someone called. Him, I think he's from like Europe or something. But he's another one of those like he can wrestle you, and he can strike with you. Like this is all around fighters, and like he just he, he just keep an eye on him in the featherweights. Next fight though, this is the one that really. This is when I knew. I was already like five shots in by 11 o'clock in the morning, right? Like this is an early card. And honestly, I think the reason why this card was so early, someone pointed out was because Jack Shore fight that we're about to talk started at 5 p.m. over in Wales. So I think they set it up for Jack Shore to be able to fight at a normal time frame for like the people of Wales, because otherwise they fight at like four in the morning. So we saw Ricky Simon, Simon, get the arm triangle submission, which blew me away. It's one thing to knock him out, but getting the arm triangle submission on Jack Shore, putting the first loss on this super prospect record and putting Ricky Simon, catapulting him high. He was already ranked in the division, but the, the knockoff Jack Shore, he only, he only fucking stamped himself in this division coming up. Oh, hey, Paul, man, there's a reason why I can see all my teeth. I need you, if you're going to say his name, I need you to say it correctly. It's Ricky Simon. Simon, my boy. Like I thought, my dog is nice, bro. Like, I, like you said that he's very good at um, how he mixes up and he can do, and he could, um, he could throw the punch and make it look like a motherfucking, um, make it look like a takedown. But bro did his thing. Let me pull up my, let me pull up my dog's stats. My boy. I got it. You want, I got it right here. Well, let me know what my dog did. Total strikes. He had 46 out of 59. That's insane. That's like almost 90%, 80-something percent. Outstriking, Shore, Shore only had 27 out of 52. Significant strikes. He was 25 of 38 outstriking. Jack Shore, 19 of 44. And then the takedown control, two of eight, four minutes of control time. And the leg kicks, 10 of 11 leg kicks going unchecked. Bro, that shit, he came out and he put on a clinic. Bro, he's a really talented fighter. And, like, he, he spine busted him at one point. He picked his ass up high in the air and came down with Jack Shore. Like, fuck it. Like, you don't see those type of slams often. Mm. Had him that on his shoulder. That shit is nice, man. But the arm triangle, that, no, he killed him with an arm triangle, right? Or is that another one? Yeah, no, he had him an arm triangle. Yeah, when he locked that arm triangle up, bro, I fucking did him. Backflip off my motherfucking um motherfucking um couch. I was like, let's fucking go. But that shit was nice. He really put on a clinic and bro did his thing. Like he showed that like he's a force to be reckoned with. I want to see what weight class is he? 155. Weight. He's right there. Oh, he's the the that division's so deep, bro. Like it another I think he was 11th in the division. So I don't know how high he moves up. Jack Shore was only 14 in the division. But I, he can wrestle with Sterling, and he can strike with probably anybody with this, having that wrestling in his back pocket. See, it's tough for me to be like he can wrestle with Sterling. First, you gotta, we gotta, we gotta get to Yon first. 
No, that's true. Yon, Yon's busy, though. Yon's been calling out Sugar Sean, and Sean's been talking back. For the first time ever, Sugar Sean's entertaining an actual high-level fight. So, might be fun. It might be interesting, man. But, yeah, shout-out Ricky. So, my dog, Ricky Simone, you showed out. I didn't bet no money, but I knew I, I knew I'm what should have bet a fucking shot on you. Because whenever there's something about Paul, whenever you like you're 100% sure somebody's gonna win, I'm like, huh, it's not like him. He's a betting man. You know, he likes to play the odds. Yeah, I'm going with this other dude. <laughs> no, I got killed for both people. I was so heavy on like this was a bad weekend for me because my two my two guys and my two of my favorite fighters in the UFC like just fucking shit the bed. Also, the dogs are killing it. I know, like, I'm one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think about seven or eight underdogs won on this card, bro. Like, that's in, more underdogs won. So, like, that's insane. It wasn't the, 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 the I don't know. The odds makers probably got killed. Oh, yeah. They got somebody got waxed. Somebody, I know somebody. I should have watched it. I got waxed. Oh, there you go. I should have watched the Aaron Hawani segment when they do best bets. I should have been oh, listening. He got waxed, too, because he put a big old bet on Jack Shore. Like, he was huge on Jack Shore, too. And I was like, oh, he's on big on Jack Shore? I'm big on Jack Shore. Like, <laughs> we good. Nah, man, not the case. Not the case at all. Rick, but hey, give it up to Ricky Simon. Simone, that boy is a problem. Let's get into this ladies fight. Honestly, this, this was fight of the night for the moment. And wait, coming wait, into wait. this, uh, in the moment, it was fired of the night after this fight ended. Can we, can we give it a second, though? Every day, Carl, I got to give it up to the boys. Because I, I don't think it's just, she's like, right, I'd be wanting to blame it on Dana, right? I'd be wanting to blame it on the matchmakers. But I think there's just a fire. There's a fuel deep inside the heart of the UFC. And they, it, it's like the will of fire. It goes to their own. It goes to the, um, all the... All the all the um, ninjas in the in the village they protect they protect the UFC they want to get paid a little more it'd be nice if they got paid a little more got some lifetime health got some lifetime health coverage but that's a different problem for a different day but like I feel like there's something like the way they run this organization this company for them to sit down with everybody and be like yo I'm not only here to be in the UFC I'm not only here to collect a paycheck I'm not only here to I want to be great I want to put on performances I want I'm an independent contractor. Like, I feel like that's the energy they come with to this a lot. And I think that's the biggest difference between MMA and boxing. Cause it's like boxing, like you kind of want to just solidify what you got, let them watch your skills. You put in so over there, they're coming like, yo, I'm, I have a chance to win over some fans. I have a chance to earn like, and the more I, the more business I do, the more money I get at the end of the day. So I got I to gotta really put a respect to the entire UFC for this one. Because this wasn't even a fight. This wasn't even a pay-per-view. This shit was on ABC. Yeah, and even um, even if you lose with Dana, like in boxing, you lose a fight, you just five years step back. You just, like, you just really fuck yourself. But in UFC, even if you look good in a fight, whatever, like, Dana, like, Dana, why even a contender series? You lose, but you look good. Fuck it. I'll give you a contract right now. Like, yeah. like that's just like it's a little different. Like when the matchmaker is the promoter, it it makes things a lot a lot more entertaining and stuff. Because Dana, like you said, Dana White, and then he said matchmakers, and it's like Loki is the same motherfucking person. Uh, <laughs> Why Loki the, the motherfucker that's calling the shots and send out the fights? He really liked that. But these fighters, I mean, all these underdogs killed it. But 
another big difference i think is that every fight's close you, you rarely will see a minus thousand favorite that's what i point out on the show is because like yo this person is gonna fucking destroy whoever's in front of them or at least should on paper so like fucking all these underdogs winning it's just like it makes for entertainment but at the same time you can kind of see why they won like you're not sitting there like completely flabbergasted at this underdog winning I love it, man. I fucking love this shit, man. But to start the underdog winning trend of the main card, we had Lauren Murphy in the unanimous decision on Misha Tate. And honestly, bro, Lauren Murphy would just put her in her place. In my opinion, like, it just was like, hey, you're welcome back to the UFC, bitch. But we moved on. <laughs> hey, this shit was nice, bro. That shit was the definition of a fucking fight. Like, if I... I'm not trying to be too flashy or anything like that. I just want somebody to sit down and I want to be like, yo, this is how you fight. Like, this is how, like, I want you to be, this is what a fight looks like. Two back and forths. It just one was better at fighting than the other, but they just kept it going. It was straight from nights from beginning to finish. It was like, these bitches, I mean, these girls came to fuck some shit up. They came to war. I will say, if I knew, I didn't know coming into it, if Misha Tate was coming into a different weight class. If I would have knew that at her age, I probably would have. I probably would have put my money on Lauren Murphy, the underdog, especially ranked third in the division. But I Is mean, she, Lauren Murphy solidified. Like, hey, you're not just gonna walk in my division and just take the top three ranking just like that. We're not pushovers in the straw in the flyweight. Yeah, like that's Shevchenko's division, correct? Yeah. Yeah, like sitting there like, yo, I gotta deal with a suit. I gotta deal with this crazy nice, this crazy nice beautiful woman married to that's married to somebody married to a podcast uh podcaster motherfucking we is not stressing nobody from the past trying to come and jump in trying to fit in you better get to the back we got we got big fish to fry right now i feel like that's the energy you came with and she tried and like i don't know if she's a big finisher i don't know if she had a lot of finishes on record but she just came in there and said yo i came in here to fuck some shit up like there's no way you just gonna just walk in the bitch name no fucking way and i loved every second of it yeah, and just put on a clinic because, like, she was good. The first round was kind of close, but I, by the, the end of the first round onward to the third, she just she had her timing down. She wasn't getting hit. Like, she was getting the better of every exchange. And especially come the end of that third round, Misha's Tate's, all she had was the takedown. Like, her only hope was to bring it to the mat and get a submission win. And Lauren Murphy knew that. So, like, she was shooting from a distance. And Lauren Murphy is a big old tree trunk legs like not letting her going down hitting elbows in the clinch those elbows were crucial i don't even remember misha's table i fucking swell up after that immediately after that one clinch elbow i was like those are they really just put it all into the cage and we saw lauren murphy say hey like the flyweights are here to make like we're not we're not pushovers just because you're coming from a bigger division they'll make you better stronger faster i miss me with that bullshit though baby i'm here to fuck shit up then we moved on to what we oh one more. I do gotta respect one more person on the prelims, and that's my my I'm a new fan of Dustin Jacoby. He was another undog un, uh, undog underdog who won. It was very close odds though, so he wasn't like a big underdog. I heard his story. I was I was watching the Ariel Wani show. He, he had his story. He was just talking, and he was just telling like, yeah, I just came from Glory Kickboxing. And like, it was tough because I left MMA because I started MMA when he was in college in like 22. And I want to say 
the first card he watched, it was um it was somebody in 2008, maybe some around then. So somebody like one of the older, like one of the older people. So um he he was a kickbox, never knew anything. He looked at the box MMA like what the fuck? They let you guys just they let just people just fight in the octagon. This fucking insane. Like there's no way. Like he looked at this shit like it was a foreign thing. And I was like, I was, and that shit fucked me up a little bit because I was like, now that I think about it, like it, these people really like people had to get introduced to this and saw this shit like it's some gladiator. Especially ass. early on. Nowadays it's a household thing. You might everyone will know a little bit of it. Like, but back in the day, it was like you—you you just happened to know somebody who knew somebody or, or coach that that knew about it. Mm-hmm. So he has a twin brother that got into MMA, and then he's like, "Yeah, man, it's not, I'm, I'm I'm fighting on blah blah blah." So he, that's when he went to, and then he ended up getting into it after um college, and then he just kept getting to the promotion and getting closer to the big fight, and he would always lose the big one, and then he left to go to kickboxing, and then now he's back in MMA, but. That in between between kickboxing and getting back to MMA was tough because like nobody wanted to fight, bruh, in the MMA world because um they see what he can do, so you're not gonna pick up no fucking fight. So then once the second they see your shit, they gonna they put backing out, and now you're losing that money because you had to pay that promoter and everything. So to see him come all the way back to this, now he's working on these prelims and he's really doing his thing. I hope he goes further in his division. He continues getting wins. Because is wide open too. He has a nice style. Yeah, I like his fight style. Light heavyweight is wide open. I mean, Yuri's a Yuri's my boy, but like, it's not a dominant division right now. We there is a there are. I mean, we've had like three different title holders in the past three years. So then we go on to the Shane Burgos versus Charles Jordan. This is what I picked as fight tonight. It didn't win it. It was a hell of a fight. I think it was close to winning the fight tonight. But we're we're getting closer. We're getting closer to the fight tonight, boys. So. What did you see out of this fight? I fuck with Shane Burgos, dog, bros. I like, bro. I like his head. I like. I listened to him in the post conference interviews and like the way he talks, how he speaks on judging and shit like that. And Brett probably has the best record in New York out of everybody in the UFC. So like, <laughs> just stay home, bro. It's like four and zero oh in the in, and then like one and three outside of it. Yeah, dead ass. So like motherfucker, he be over there fucking shit up in New York. So I rock with bro. I think um I think he's great. And I just liked how he just kept going for that finish. Like even though he didn't get it, because Jordan is just one hell of a fucking dude. But motherfucking fact that he's just cranking on the neck. When he has that, when he had the neck cranking, just cranking on his ass, cranking on his ass, cranking on stay relentless, never stop. Wrestle the fuck out of his ass. You know how I like a good right. A good wrestling ass motherfucker. I fuck with Shane Burgos, but I do like the fight. I think we saw a side Shane Burgos. This is, I think we've seen something different because we've seen him fight Edson Barbosa and get KO'd. We've seen him go against Max Hollow. Oh, no, he go against Calvin Cater and get completely pieced up, completely bad. And then after, and then he goes against Josh Emmett and he also gets completely pieced up, but he gets hit with trucks. But he makes it out, gets her to go to the decision. I think we're seeing a different side of St. Burgos because he knows that his striking can take him to the top 15, and that's going to where it plateaus. So he's worked on this ground game. He's got the fucking – he had that fucking back triangle locked in. Like, like it, it looked picture perfect. It looked like as if he was a BJJ fighter. And I saw – I was like, oh, shit. Like, he's really – like, this is – he's using his head more. 
Like he's not just going in there and wanting to have a war with you. And like that, he, he can still do it, but he's now, I think he's getting to the point. He's like, I'm 15 and three. My record still looks good. Cause once you start getting into like the five and six losses, it's starting to get hard to get into your title shot unless you have a run after like a long career and shit. But yeah, like, like you, you can have that second run. You can have that Oliveira, Glover, Texera run, uh, but you have to be in the game for long. And they usually – you aren't having big wars and staying in the game for long. So, I think he's I, – I like it. Like, he's – I think we're seeing a different side of Shane Burgos. And I say he might have pound for pound the best chin in the UFC. Oh, my gosh. The shots he was getting hit with, and he's just put, sticking his tongue out. He was on demon time the whole fight. He all – he he basking. Like, he's like that that – Forrest Griffin and Nate Diaz that like they get cut open and it only drives them more like they just turn like they went from a fighter to like a psychopath afterwards like they're licking the blood like he's once licked blood off of a fighter's shoulder in the middle of a fight and it's like <sighs> like eating it up like I fuck with Shane Burgos definitely fan favorite yeah he took so he took a lot of shots that would have stunned a lot of motherfuckers but he took them just to the chin no problem and um, I mean, he got completely outlanded. Burger, I mean, Jordan had like 113 significant strikes to his only 42, but all that control time, the submission attempts, like this close to finishes, like that 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 weighs in on judging. Oh uh, yeah, but he did make some good points about judges in his post conference interview because um he was saying that um. He says that like more fighters should become judges because like they know exactly what's happening and like what's in control, what's actually hurting somebody, what's not, like what's position that you want to be versus where you don't want to be. Like a fighter can do that way more than somebody in the book, reading the book. So like they gotta figure out a way to like up the pay or something for fighters, like that's state commission. And then he was talking how there are no set boxes or like everybody, there are no set rules. There, there's no like universal rules every um every um there's a, what is it like a set of universal rules and then every um state chooses like how they um do it or something it, yeah no and every state has a different rule basically well that's insane i feel like there should be some more uniformity and they should really figure out the long way different um places have different rules like if you go to fc eagle you go to like the other MMA organizations, they'll have like some allow soccer kicks, some allow uh, just having your hand on the mat doesn't mean you're a downed opponent in some of the places. So it's interesting. I want it's interesting that they brought up a lot of topics like that. So I want to see. I think you should have fighters be the judge, but also I think it won't ever happen because it goes through the commission. Maybe it will happen, but I do think they also worry about like fighter because all these fighters know each other. So like that biasness of wanting your person to win type shit, especially like the whole thing. So it's kind of hard to have. So that's why it's almost like a jury for like, a like you have to make sure this person has no idea who this person is, doesn't have any outside influence with the media. You have to do all that shit. So I think that's, that's probably why they're going to be stuck. Like just like boxing has been fucking the same people for like a hundred years. I was about to say, I'd be watching highlights and I'd be swearing it's the same dude in all of it. So I'm like, yo, is he younger? You? Yeah, no, if they, if they stay around. It's like a senator, bro. They stay around their life. Like, her being, you feel like, is in everything. Like, they're not, like, I feel like every highlight I've seen, there's her being, just any compilation, we all see her being in the background. 
so especially like even the refs have like uh not biased but it's just like they, you're it's such a select community it's not like football where you're like you might not know anybody on somewhere else mma is very like collective and together so it's kind of because there aren't you, you don't read you got i want to say you're the outsider but it's not like a big sport coming into it so you just you kind of rub shoulders everybody so it's kind of hard to be in there for 30 years and not have like a biasness towards a certain fighter dead ass man but then we we do have to keep this moving along we do have the fight of the night on deck match now getting the triangle choke and arguably this is going to be up there for fight of the year contendership definitely round of the year contendership in the second round I, I don't want to mispronounce his name, but y'all know what fight I'm talking about. Matt Snell getting the a triangle choke over Sumu Dajri. Hey, you got an A for effort, man, because I definitely wouldn't have been able to say that. This fight, I mean, that second round really had me jumping, bro. Like, I was sitting there. I thought after the Sumo Dodger got that elbow in in the clinch and boy does like his legs gave out. Snell's like, I thought, oh, this is it. Like he's gonna jump on him. This is the fight. Snell up there for the chinniest chin I've ever seen, seen, bro. Because he was eating those shots, somehow survives, gets him, takes him down after he gets him on the mat, delivers his own shots, and then he gets reversed, and now he's on the bottom of the mat. And then locks in the triangle choke and takes him out. Blood on the mat, blood everywhere. Fuck it, I'm out my seat. I'm drunk as hell. I'm screaming. Another underdog wins, bro. Like, whew. this was definitely deserving fight tonight and definitely deserving of a higher bonus. Definitely fight of the night. Definitely. And the crazy thing about it was I was going crazy because I was seeing those elbows like, oh, bro, with the red shorts going to go down. He, his legs. The fact that he was able to come back from that and the fact that, like, he – it took him a second because dude was not giving up for shit. So, like, it took bro a second. Like, I swear he was getting beat up on down on the bottom floor for, like, two minutes, his elbows. The whole time I'm up screaming, kill him, kill him, finish him. Bro, if you don't if you don't quit, you're gonna die. And like you could tell, like Chinese bro was not get not Chinese Asian bro was not giving a fuck. He was going to die. He was going to die right there. Cause I don't think he tapped out. I think he was not knocked out. Yeah, knocked out. Yeah. Either he got knocked out or he was so exhausted that he just laid there, his eyes closed. You know, like you just you put everything in there. And the triangle is nice because he tried to, like, put the leg over first and it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, missed opportunity. Like, you, like if that if your leg would have went right over, you would have locked it in. And then, like, 10 seconds later, he tries it again, locks it in. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, from the bottom. Like, like I was like, oh, shit. Ooh, nice, man. Uh, I was watching this interview. Nigga had a black eye, right? And he got a swollen eye. It wasn't from the fight. His nose got broken, so he wanted to blow his nose, and it swelled his eye. Ooh. And uh, speaking of injuries, Sumer Dodri, his coach came out. Apparently, he had a torn ACL. That's why he had those knee sleeves on. On that oh, one wow. leg, he had the, the the sleeve and the wrist thing. Not the wrist, but, like, the band. So, apparently, oh, wow. he had a torn ACL in that leg, and he fought on it. So, once he goes back to China, he'll have his surgery. 
That's insane. Bro's a fucking he's a real one. I really respect the um that Chinese style, that Asian style of fighting where like Zongway Lee, Korean zombie, they don't give a fuck. They came to fade, they're going forward. No matter what. Wait, Someone's gonna die here, and he has heavy hands. Like we saw it here. I give it to Snell because I I learned more post fight about Sumo Dodri. Apparently, he has heavy hands. He he cracks people. So for him to survive that onslaught, I was like, oh shit, Snell does have a chin, and he was already ranked in the division. People were he was the underdog, and like people were counting him out. So like I know he's like feeling good, like chip on his shoulder, like y'all motherfuckers were counting me. I was the underdog, and I'm ranked in this division. And, uh, and on some non-funny shit, he said that he genuinely does not remember a lot of those hits. Like, he, when he looked back and watched the film, he started piecing them together. But when DC asked him, he was like, bro, how's your shit? He's like, bro, I don't remember any of that. I appreciate him. I appreciate him when he stopped beating up on me because I got to, because I, I seen I seen opening and I took it. Respect it. Well, where Suma Dodri failed, Lean Jane Blaine picked up and got a KO over the King of Kung Fu Muslim Samuov, good ass fight, both exchanging, but man, like I, I didn't expect him to win on the feet over the king of kung fu, but I guess what they say is true. Like, just because you're a great striker, don't mean you're a great MMA striker. Like he he pieced his own shots together, but Ling Jing was showing him like, hey, like all that kung fu shit looks pretty, and all that spinning shit's nice, but. It ain't the same when I'm trying to go for a takedown in the clinch or something. Nah, this is an interesting fight because this is one of those fights where, like, I kind of started to um, doze off a little bit, but, like, I was kind of focusing. So I can't really – it's like one of those in-and-out fights. So tell me, what was your favorite thing about this fight? Uh, two things. One would be <clears> – <throat> so I didn't know – so. Muslim Sokolov is from Dagestan, so he has wrestling in his back pocket, but he trained under some prestigious person over there in China, became the, even Zhang Long was talking about it pre-fight, talking about, oh, we know who he is, like, he's a hero in our country, like, he's, he's, he's a big deal, like, and I was like, oh, shit, like, so he's like, yeah, I'm kind of finding someone who I grew up knowing about. So, because he's like 38 compared to him, he's only like 20 something. So, so, so Muslim did have this one moment where he put him in a fuck, he just slammed him, like picked him up, scooped him, slammed him. And it was like, oh, fuck, like he does wrestle. Like he is from Dagestan. Like, like it isn't just like, oh, I got Kung Fu. So, I wish he did more of that. But the other part was when John, uh, whenever he got the knockout, like once he landed that left hook, he got stiff in this drop like it was a it was a mean left punch ko nice i fuck with it man this is a good this is an all-around good card everybody came out just ready to fight yeah but it was something in the air bro that fight island man he's like you said man it, the fact that there's um ufc london in america and i was like and when you said that and i was just watching the crowd reactions and this is one of the first fights because this is one of the first fights I actually listened to, like, everything. Like, I listened, I didn't have music playing on the background. I listened to, um, I listened to the, um, to the program. I think that's yeah, what the, the commentators. Yeah, the commentators and shit. And just listening to the crowd, the, ooh, ooh. I was like, oh, I got to go to a fight in New York. 
for, they they definitely there's a reason why M was every fight place goes to New York and it's because they just their crowd's always lit. They train that shit like a motherfucker. Then we but we finally made it to what put asses in seats. We made it to the co-main and main event. The co-main event. We saw Amanda Limos, bro. Like she, she's not fucking around no more, bro. I think I believe I'm not mistaken. She was a former champion and then lost it or something like that. So she's coming back for a vengeance. To karate hottie, that she was whiffing, bro. The straight up swing and miss for ninety percent of that fight. What, what's her? What's her? What's her? Um, what's her? Um, average. So for. Anything she threw to the head, seven out of twenty-four. The body was seven out of ten, and legs was fifteen and twenty-two. So like those weren't bad, but as a total, thirty-five and sixty-two. But I'm t- those misses were bad. But like, it's one thing to miss the throw on the jab, but to miss on like a head kick that you're like a whole foot away, to miss on a punch where you're a foot away, like. Those are big whiffs, and it like I don't know. It just is kind of off-putting. I'm like you're 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 a striker. That's what you're known for, but you can't even find your own range. Yeah, she did not want to get close even slightly. And I feel like it ties you out eventually. Like, of course, especially with the way she throws the stuff. Like if she, she doesn't throw just like half-ass throws, like she throws like shit behind it, the spin. A fucking lead up, like like she was throwing hooks and whiffing, like that's not a jab. Uh, and it was funny because Lemos was not falling for none of that shit even slightly. Like, why would I walk into that situation? I was but, getting a little worried though because she wasn't throwing much herself, but you could tell she's like calculated. Like, I'm not gonna throw from fucking a foot away, like three feet away. But like, judges. Sometimes, if it was to be like that for three rounds, judging, you know, judges might just fucking give it to the person who threw a lot of shots. That's real. But this submission that Limos got was so nice. Like, she saw that you could tell she trained this. You could tell they had to they watch film. She saw that opening and immediately took that shit. And when I told you she went spider monkey, she went spider monkey. The best ones. The guillotine, standing guillotine, turned into a, and she was on her way to put it into a mounted guillotine, but they got the, the the um the real subtle the real subtle tap out, but she was really about to take her fucking head off, and I was just enjoying every second of it. Thank you for bringing up the subtle tap out because it reminds me I do give respect to the karate hottie for not playing because she did let go of the lock before the ref stopped the fight, and a lot of like vets will tell you. You do not let go of that lock until the referee like makes you let go of that lock. I don't care if they tap, you fucking hold it. And so, but she 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 felt the tap let go. And sometimes, you know, like that fake tap shit that was happening with Yuri that people were hating about, like Karate Hottie could have, as soon as she let go, could have just easily got up and just like fight not over, like and then you know, did some dirty shit. But I give her respect. For, she was like, I, I lost. Yeah, I tapped. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I think that shit would have been tragic for her if she did do some shit like that. Because Lemos would have fucked her all the way up. But I also feel like she didn't know exactly what was going on at the time. I feel like <laughs> she was just coming back to it when she got up. Like when she I, I started. Like, 
I feel like she felt that the, the, that mountain guillotine is probably probably the most painful submission in in MMA. And when it happens, like you're you, like they jumped on you, like you're fucked. Like I feel like once it's locked in, it's like oh fuck, I just fucked up. You're fucked. So I feel like she's seen that and she um and she was she um tapped before she didn't even get over there because she just knew that like this was gonna be the worst pain she's felt in a while. Fuck fuck trying to wait out for the round. Yeah, no, especially because yes. there's still like three minutes left. <laughs> You're about to be in pain. So when she woke, so when she got up, she was more like a, damn, it's over. Like, I don't think she saw the whole Lemos like, no, no, she tapped, she tapped, she tapped. So, no, I let go because she tapped. Like, I think it took a second. And then, because the ref probably didn't call it. The ref had to wait for them to sit down and talk to each other. And then that's when he called it because she stayed down on the floor and shit. Then he was just like, <laughs> But yeah, I'm not gonna say that like I'm not I think she did something right, but I just don't think it was as noble as we thought it was. Okay. I don't think she knew what was happening. No, I don't doubt this because that shit was locked in. And she I mean she did try to fight it because it was held in for probably like 30 seconds. Because she made it all the way to the ground. Well, what can Lemos do? Because Lemos is a dog. I mean, she is highly ranked in the division. She has the BJJ. She's heavy-handed. She's kind of like, to me, like a Santos from uh, the flyweights. Just like she's 35, so she's kind of been around. But she has one loss in her last five. So, like, she's not – like she lost to Jessica Andre, who's another great fighter. So, it's not like she's out of the title contention area. She just has to keep getting wins like, like, and just keep setting up fights. But our main event, probably super, super anticlimactic, especially for me. I had I had my T-City poster up. I was fucking, I was drunk. I was Jasmine had gone home, and I'm like, yo, this is the fight. This is my dude. Like, the last fight was a guillotine choke, and I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's prep for Brian Ortega. Like, that's a pre-show of what Ortega's going to do. And then the fight starts. And then his shoulder gets popped out, and I didn't even get to see it. We were on the call, and I was, I was, I turned away, I turned back, fight's over. I'm glad you said that. I was so upset. I was like, Paul, shut up. Go ahead of me. And I'm like, because I'm thinking, like, somebody got knocked out or something. They're like, oh, wait, what happened? I'm like, oh, damn, what happened? They're like, he missed a knockout or something. The next day, you know, I just see the nigga just. It look, you can kind of see it pop on the on on the on the um, TV. Just, it's just it's just like his whole arm just shut down. Just, I was like, ooh, that looks like it hurt. And then immediately they stopped it. But like, it happens in MMA. It's a dangerous sport. He's had shoulder on that. He's had shoulder surgery twice. Hopefully, it's not on the same shoulder. But like, a win's a win. Wins, especially because they're not going to look at the, the 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 circumstances around the win. It was like he won his last four coming in. He got on a, a T, TKO on Ortega. This like they'll have they'll just put up this resume. They're not going to put the, how he got the resume. But I don't think he gets the title fight though. Yeah, I was about to say this is where the business comes in though. This is what fucked it up though. One. It was a lackluster main event. Two, this was supposed to be the number one contender fight. So you didn't, 
got the win, but you didn't technically earn the um. Well, that means you got the win, so you are in a, in a number one contender fight. But if you guys not have earned the championship spot, yeah, prove nothing. But you're also in a division where the champion just had to get thumb surgery because he broke his thumb in the second round. So he has a cast on right now. So it's gonna be a second until we see um Bulky fight. So like he got the number one contender spot. He really can't go against the champ for two reasons because the champ is injured but you didn't really earn a championship bout but like so what do they do do they make the ic title i i think they're gonna do the ic title for sure because the the injury and on top of it volky's already called his shot on the islam Oliveira fight title on the post win and I think he's defended his belt enough times against enough high. He's fought the two, three, one, four. He fought them all, beat them all. He defended all those times, dominated in all those times, not just one, but finished in almost all of those. So I think he's earned the right to go call his shot. And I think we might see, and I don't think we might, I'm putting, I'm putting, I'm almost guaranteed we'll see the IC uh, fight and it's going to be him versus Josh Emmett because we all thought Josh Emmett versus Calvin Cater would give us the number one contender. And especially now we're waiting on Serge and Bulky. The timeline only sets up perfect. That's like a co-main event or something. Some Maybe that might even get thrown on Abu Dhabi or Madison Square Garden is just now getting set up. That might be thrown on that card. Like, But I do see an interim belt between those two because they both have lack. Like, we didn't think Emmett won that last fight either. Mm-hmm. So they both have something, I think, to prove going into this next fight. So, but what if, but what about Max Holloway? What if Max Holloway ends up getting this interim belt while there's a there's an old UFC not ran down rule but unwritten rule, a winner always fights a winner and a loser always fights a loser. So I can mm-hmm. see Holloway versus Ortega too, maybe or uh, something like that. But he they don't ever usually set up a, a someone coming off a loss versus someone coming off a win. Mm, interesting. That's usually why we always see good matchups because we'll see people, both people riding a win streak or something. Both people need this win. Interesting. I never, I never, I never noticed that. Yeah. So that's why. I mean, they might make up. They might. They do definitely tweak the rules for a circuit. Like Conor McGregor. He's like they tweak rules for people. All right. Like I'm not saying it's definite. There's a reason why it's unwritten. They don't want to ever get caught up in court with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, but I'm almost certain Yair versus Emmett will be that. And then maybe we'll get a Holloway Ortega fight. Cause Ortega still thinks he, he can like He don't think he lost that. Far. He just blew his shoulder. out. He'll be back. And Holloway's not going nowhere either. I'd love to see him run it back. And there's definitely some hitters, young hitters in the featherweight division that are coming up. So we might not even see those fights. We might see, some of them being the gatekeeper because they've already had their title shots. Yep. And after you gatekeep enough, enough, then you can come back in the house. Uh-huh. Hey man, you don't see some good business, man. But this was a great ass fucking fight card. It was. It was free. Free, bro, and early, so you could. I actually kind of like getting drunk earlier in the day, bro. That was kind of nice to have a little day drink, and then all of a sudden, like six o'clock coming around, I'm like, oh. 
Let's go step out somewhere. Like, like, like let's call an Uber or go do something. Nice. But, but man, I was like, you got anything else to throw on this card? I think we hit the nail on the head. Oh uh, man, we got some great cards coming up. UFC London. Yeah, we're gonna go deep in our bag for UFC London, bro. Like, and a whole bunch of familiar names we've already covered. And I'm still trying to figure out. I I'm just ready for Pena versus Nunes too. I mean, it's, I'm a big Ultimate Fighter fan, even though this this wasn't the best season. I'm I'm big on I'm bigger on the other fights. I'm not really big on that fight for some reason. It doesn't sell me like it does other people. And also the uh. There, one of the fights just got canceled too. It was um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll have it when we cover it. But it was a big fight. It was like the third fight on the card, and uh, so and I think another fight just pulled out. So like the cards getting thinner and thinner, and I do want to see Derek Lewis fight, but I don't know. I'm not really too sold on that card. I don't know, man. I'm not even worried about the card, man. Uh, Pena Nunez. I want to see them boys. Oh, you have been watching the Ultimate Fighter too, so you are. Yeah. I know they got smoke, and it's, yeah. it is a different type of smoke. Like, I can't wait to see those press conferences. Like, what do they say about each other? The press so conferences for pay per views are, are always perfect. I do love the pressers for pay per view. Because if you watch the show, you really understand that they only talk when they absolutely have to, and don't address each other ever. That's business, baby. Oh, that's personal. Mm-hmm. But shit, nah, but stay tuned. Totally blitzing. We're covering what? Uh, we got UFC London, then UFC 278, then fucking uh, UFC 279, and Abu Dhabi just got announced. Islam versus Charles. Fucking TJ Dillashaw versus Aljo as the co-main event, brother. It's only getting better, but stay tuned. And if you didn't know, now you know, motherfuckers. Got a problem with being problematic Get the light beam on me, ready for electrostatic Don't you step into this box if you're not batting Then my gang got tools, you can call them boy crap Man, this gang got rules, man, you better watch your passes This ain't not new The medicines, we've been on that rock star regiment, knowing that I'm heaven sent Higher than I ever been I got a problem with